Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Agency for Agents, a podcast for real estate team leaders and independent brokerage owners looking to maximize profits, effectiveness, and gain freedom for their team and business. Your hosts, Christine Andreasen and Aaron Hendon, have been running one of the most successful real estate teams in the Seattle area for more than eight years. They know building a winning team means finding ways to empower, nurture, train, and develop individual agents to discover their own power, their own agency. On the podcast, Christine and Aaron interview thought leaders in real estate and personal growth to help you impact both your performance and your teams. We know it takes a lot, and leaders and brokers that crack that code reap the rewards of success greater than any they could ever achieve on their own. Hello, welcome to Agency for Agents. I'm Christine. That's Aaron. Hope I pointed the right way. It's on Zoom. And today, our guest is Aaron Norris, another Aaron. Aaron Norris is our guest today. So let me tell you a little bit about him. He's the VP of Market Insights for Property Radar, where he tackles insights into the public record data to help Main Street small businesses disruptors. He's uh, co-hosting the Data Driven Real Estate Podcast for Property Radar. You can catch Aaron also speaking and writing nationally on topics such as technology and its impact on real estate, accessory dwelling units, 3D printing, robotics, artificial intelligence, zero interface XR, etc. You can also catch his contributions on Forbes.com, Bigger Pockets, and Think Realty Magazine. He's a licensed real estate broker and a lender. He's been part of the family's hard money loan business. He's got his hands all kinds of different I like things. it. He's also directly involved in raising money for local charities through events like I Survived Real Estate. Can't wait to ask him about I that. I have to hear about that. And Give Big Riverside County. Give Big. He's served numerous local, regional, and national boards from the Public Relations Society of America, also known as PRSA, and also to planned giving committees to housing coalitions. And a fun fact about Aaron, he was also in performing arts. He spent his 20s living in New York as a professional performer. Between gigs, he found his second love in data and research. So everybody, please join me and welcome Aaron. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. Mostly our guests are other team leaders, and we ask them about their splits and what they do for retention and da-da-da. But you're really a perfect person to talk to because you're deep in the data of our our trade. So let's just mm-hmm. start there. You know, you're going to go do a talk about, you know. Yeah, what are you talking about tomorrow? What are you talking about tomorrow? Now I'm interested. Like, what, what, <laughs> what do we I need to know about the data? <laughs> iBuyers, how to compete with them, off-market strategies that some people don't know how to curate. 
Um, so stacking data uh, to your advantage. And then really hyper-local stuff, sort of like accessory dwelling units. California is doing some very interesting things, getting rid of um, single-family zoning. So right now, it's probably going to follow the trajectory of ADUs. So we can talk about that because I know a lot of states are talking about not just yeah. ADUs, but also the getting rid of single-family zoning. It's happening and, here in Seattle. I mean, that's really yeah. the, definitely and, the direction. And why realtors should care about that and what that means and some of the the fun things that I get to face because I I typically wear an investor hat so everyone likes to you're a shark <laughs> all that kind of nonsense so <laughs> good well so let's just talk about it what do we need to know let's well what's interesting is that i buyers are it's going to be interesting to have Zillow out of the market for sure mm-hmm. so you know looking at the data uh, yeah she's good yay um, looking at the data and the mistakes they ba- made I have to wonder. I don't know. Part of me just is super suspicious and wondering if it was just really upsetting their other sides of the business where it didn't make as much sense. So um, at the end of the day, though, none of these iBuyers are after the buy-sell side of the transaction necessarily. They're after every little bits and piece of the transaction. So they're closing platforms, the loans um, with remote online notary becoming a thing here in short order, you know, once a consumer touches an ecosystem, will they ever touch another real estate brand again? We, we don't know. It depends on follow-up and stuff like that. So with Zillow gone, I don't know. Will Opendoor and OfferPad and the like end up lowering their offers because they don't have to be as aggressive? Um, and maybe the realtor, the professional, local, hyper-local, hyper-targeted agent is really going to be able to show a little bit more of their value because they're not up against offers that should have never been made place in the in the first place. <laughs> so, well, let me ask you about that, Aaron, because that's something I was reading about and I got really fascinated by. You know, the um, sort of the collusion element of even Open Door or Zillow or anyone you know owning two houses on a block and have no problem eating the loss on the fourth, third, fourth, and fifth ones to raise the value of the other ones that they own on the block. Was that actually happening? Was that, is that a real thing that we have to worry about? Cause that's unlimited cash driving up the prices. I don't know if they purposely do it, but I've been one of the, I work with media. One of my jobs at Property Radar is to work on the data and work with media. And one of my biggest concerns with the way that they cover it is the way that they like to nationalize the data, which in my mind is a right. huge mistake. Yeah. Oh, they're only 2% of the market. I'm like, okay, well, they're not in every market. They're in okay. heavy in Phoenix and in the Inland Empire and in specific states where they're more than 7% of the market and therefore are important and we can't ignore them. I was the one that leaked to Bloomberg News last year that they were also sending a fair amount of first-time buyer deals to um, off-market to institutional buyers. And my problem with that, though, covering it nationally is does well, a disservice. Oh, that was just too good. I can't. I'm, <laughs> I teach first-time buyer classes, and that's a big flag <laughs> that I fly for people. So tell me what that means. Who was sending what to who? iBuyers like Zillow or Opendoor, OfferPad, all of them were sending deals to institutional Wall Street buy to rent. So you've got uh, Predium, you've got, oh gosh, I can't think of all the different names of them right now. Right. Um, So they were buying them from consumers, buying the houses and then reselling them to- Correct. So they were marketing off market. It never made the MLS, long story short. And and my problem with the nationalized number is number one, it doesn't give enough focus on local markets and their impacts. But number two, the buy box is very specific. We're not talking about million dollar homes. These are first time buyer- 
homes. So when you have a lot of those getting taken off the market, never to return again, because it's being held in a reed or whatever, um, that really is a challenge because you do not have builders that are building this first time inventory in mass quantity. So real estate changed my family's life. I've been in the real estate industry for over 15 years, but I grew up flipping houses with my dad starting at five. So I've been in the real estate industry practically my entire life. So I just really believe in home ownership and taking that away um, and inventory off the market, not available for first-time buyers is, is too bad. So anyway, so that I am in behind the scenes trying to warn realtors sort of how to talk about that, um, why it's not a good idea. You don't want too many of these turning into rentals, especially in this specific buy box. We need, I believe in home ownership. And I hate to think that this next generation just is not going to be able to get in because they can't afford it. It's terrible. Right. And then you don't get to eliminate the possibility of moving up. I mean, Correct. you can see if just in social justice scenarios, the difference home ownership is made in the classes, it's you're preaching to the choir. Here. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's got to drive up the value of the rest of the assets that they have. I don't know if they mean to do that. I think Zillow, I, I have realtors sending me examples all the time of Zillow that their algorithm overvalued a property and now they're relisting it for tens of thousands of dollars less. So unfortunately, they're creating their own discounted comps now. Right. <laughs> um, and this is nothing new, by the way. Um, in 2012, our company, my family company, the Norris Group, bought at the trustee courthouse steps, trustee sale. And at the time in 2012, you had these Wall Street players come in and the local buyers were like, what are you doing? How are you buying that and going to flip it? They weren't. They were holding these off off market and big rental pools. And so they changed the game because their numbers were different. Um, So this isn't anything new. Wall Street is here to stay. Their goal is just to make it more efficient. But unlike Wall Street, you know, Main Street realtors have to have a business model that makes money. (laughs) We can't bleed and hemorrhage money for years without making a profit, which is sort of unfortunate. But what they're doing is sort of what Amazon is doing. You know, a lot of people think Amazon is just for shopping, but there's so much more and they're offering it basically at no charge included, you know, TV, music, all that kind of stuff. Now we've got these players in the market that they're not necessarily have to buy sell side of the business. They're after all the other pieces. So it's just changing our industry a little bit more. So we have to get more savvy. Yeah. Fascinating. That is just so good to know. I mean, I don't think there's anyone listening or watching that didn't know this intuitively that this is what was happening. Is there, so when you talk about the advantages or, or creating our own value going up against that, if open door, assuming open door and what's the other one? Offer, offer pad. pad, you know, come in and we're with EXP. So we have offer express as, you know, our own internal and I'm pretty sure Gary's got one coming at K-Dub and everyone's, it's not that complicated, you know, it's a cash offer system. So, but what is it that you are, you were talking about value stacking. I was thinking, is that what you said? Oh yeah. Yeah. Data. So I just happened to be speaking tomorrow at a uh, realtor association and the topic is off market, different ways to create value in a market. And every listing starts off market. (laughs) Every listing (laughs) starts as a relationship or referral or farming or strategically marketing to specific target audiences. So Property Radar enhances public records so um, you can create lists and we pre-append emails and phone numbers. So I have some people that like to call all day long and they're really good on the phone. They give give good phone, as I say. So 
I don't care, you know, whatever your personality and whatever you bring to the table, Mm -hmm. we want to meet you there with the data that you need to kill it. So one of the things I like to cover is things like uh, absentee landlords. But on top of that, how about aging, tired landlords that are tired of tenant toilets and trash who have owned for over 25 years? Why is that important? They've probably taken all the tax benefits, probably own close to free and clear. Um, We can also stack that information on there if they own free or clear or not. Maybe they're tired of being a landlord. Maybe they'll do creative financing. Maybe you can do some master leasing. There's so many different ways that you can play with these professional landlords because these are business owners. These aren't the average consumer. Now, if I were flipping the script and saying, hey, I want to talk to aging homeowners, as we age, we typically become net sellers of real estate. So if I had a second home and I'm 70, I might get rid of that second home and maybe downsize a little bit. How can I market specifically to seniors and know their pain points, what they're looking for, help them move in and market? Or as EXP, you guys are very well known nationwide, working in states where a lot of people are moving from the coast on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Inland to Texas, Tennessee, uh, Vegas, Florida. I happen to build houses to rent in Florida myself. So it's been really interesting watching the demographic. But how is I as a realtor insert myself into that conversation and create a niche that is really important for the consumer? iBuyers want to get in and out. They don't want people drama and they don't want property drama. They don't want stuff. I was just pulling the data for my local market. They don't want it on average. They're not buying anything older than 1985. It's around 1,800 square foot and a 3-2. With that information as a local realtor, if I, you know, I'm working with a potential seller and they throw, oh, well, I've got, you know, these iBuyers. I'm like, no, you don't. They're not known for selling your kind of product. And this is, I can help you a lot more as a listing agent by doing A, B, and C. And as a buyer, if I'm a buyer's agent, I can't tell you as a, a landlord, I'm always surprised how few agents actually target market for their buyers targeting off-market people most likely to sell as a a strategy to build brand awareness and also get in front of people as buyers. I'm always impressed. I almost always want to try to call the realtor who does it because like, hey, I have a buyer that specifically wants to live in this neighborhood. You have the perfect property. If you or anybody you hear in the neighborhood is thinking about selling, will you please contact me? I've been a landlord for a long time and I think I've only had it happen four or five times. Wow. You know who does do it? I buyers. They are direct marketing masters, lots and lots of direct mail. That's fascinating. That's great. And I, I you know, it's funny because when you came up to be on the podcast, I was like, oh, property radar. This is good. I used to use, I, you know, I, I was a subscriber for, I don't know, maybe six months, I think. And I uh, just never really maximized the platform for what it was worth. I was like, all right, you know, I mean, one of my, I'm the shiny object guy on the team. Right? <laughs> I'm like, so if something something new comes along, I'm like, oh, let me try that. But of course, it's also a little, oh, look, next shiny object. You next, know, like, next, 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 next. <laughs> so, you know, that sort of data mining and um, approach to, you know, contacting people, that's a slow burn. That's a, you know, a heavy duty, you know, it's a six to 12 month commitment of really no kidding. This is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to deal with absentee landlords in this neighborhood. And I'm going to start a both an email, whatever, whatever campaign you're going to start and really following through with it. And I realized I wasn't going to, so I stopped, but the platform itself was fascinating. It was just very user-friendly. It was really quite robust. I really did enjoy it. What 
Tell me about any changes you guys have made to it. Anything you, you know, how do you, you yeah. take a couple of minutes and pitch it? Cause I loved it. Yeah. We, there's over 250 criteria. The latest ones we um, added are HOA and mechanics lane. So mm-hmm. we've been in real estate long enough, you know, an individual may decide to pay their mortgage, but skip paying the <laughs> HOA for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So it might be signs of early distress. So we're not predicting a huge wave of foreclosures. If you right. um, look at just the equity gained in last year, you know, if somebody gets into trouble, you know, death, disease, divorce, uh, denial, <laughs> you know, drugs, there's the five D's right there. We always have reasons that we need to sell or are forced to sell. But in this case, it's not going to be a short sale or foreclosure. It's just going to be a forced sale. Sorry, but you need to sell. <laughs> right. Chances are you'll end up with money in your pocket, but sorry about it. Yep. But we're always looking for early clues as to what's going on. So a lot of people like the pre-foreclosure list, but now we have HOAs, mechanics liens as well, which could be really interesting. Yeah, that's a different game, huh? Yeah. And I I think the other thing that really sets us apart is the demographic data. So getting to play with different opportunities in life. I typically give an example where in it is also interests of the owners. So one of them happens to be pets. Imagine all the, the cat postcards you can send. It's not unusual for real estate investors to experience when the messaging is really strong and not generic and really speaks to the person, they'll put it in a drawer. And it's not just the message that you send. Sometimes it is the visual. So communication happens visually and by text. So always looking for ways to update that the right message at the right time to the right people, you know, to make it sticky. Doesn't mean that they're not going to work with you within the next 12, you know, 12 days, but maybe they'll stick around, put it in their drawer and call you when they're ready. Uh, wow, you break it down to their pets, huh? <laughs> well, I in boaters, and I can take take over all the boaters in my neighborhood. <laughs> you know what? Looking for that, whatever we do have some uh, ethnicity data. I have specifically um, agents who speak specific languages who want to target markets in Spanish or Mandarin. You know, that's an interesting opportunity, a good way to use that kind of information. Or I have agents that specialize in property characteristics. They only want to work with properties that are really old and historic and really know how to help buyers and sellers walk through that historic property process, which is not always easy. I have agents that work with real estate investors. So they're constantly looking for ideas to pitch development opportunities. I really, when I teach real estate investors, I'm like, hey, for the next foreseeable future, your business is going to be creating value, whether it's adding a a proper primary master bedroom room and bathroom, or maybe adding an accessory dwelling unit, taking advantage of different opportunities that, you know, your state is implementing, like getting rid of single family zoning. You know, some local investors don't pay attention to those kind of opportunities where you as a realtor could have them in your back pocket. uh, pocket, And the deal is, hey, when it's time to sell, you're going to use me. (laughs) Yeah. And you guys sort, part of the data stack there is is zoning and up-to-date current yeah, one of my favorite examples is my my hometown in Riverside. The entirety of downtown is an opportunity zone. What some people don't realize is one of my favorite moves, moves for opportunity zone is you get to move any capital gains. So tired of holding cryptocurrency or that Tesla stock that has gone up a lot. Okay, sell it. And you can finally get into real estate instead of a 1031 exchange, which you can't do that. So mm-hmm. oppor- opportunity zones, as long as you've got a long timeline, it's there's still some potential there. So my entire downtown is an, an opportunity zone. But on top of that, there are properties that have already been upzoned. So they went from an R1, which is single family to R3. So a triplex can be there. But currently on site, there's still only a single family home. So by law, I can add two units. But guess what? California has state mandated accessory dwelling unit laws. So guess how many I can build on that site? Five additional. 
So I can go from right now, a lot that's a single family house up to a six unit right on the same lot. Pretty cool. And people don't know about this. People people don't know about it. They look at me like I'm crazy. So right. we have, but those are the opportunities that Wall Street won't touch. They're into efficiency. We have to, you know, be those local experts that can really speak to those kind of opportunities. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. And Aaron, when you so when you go to work with, you know, you're doing this talk at the for those realtors. But what are you looking for that when you look at what they're dealing with, right? From your own personal experience of having done this for so many years, what do you think are the weaknesses or what do you think the, where do you find that you've added the biggest value to team leaders, boutique brokers, uh, broker owners like that? Where could we be looking to really add value to our teams? You know, I think one of the things that makes me smile the most is when I address the fear. It's not necessarily about data. Data is very secondary. We have a conversation about chocolate and peanut butter. So for team leaders that feel like I have to be on TikTok and Instagram, I'm like, no, you don't. I'm like, your 70-year-old um, agent you're, that you're trying to push into these social media classes, you're doing it wrong. Let them be them, but back them up with yeah. you know the, the right data. Uh, like I said, I, I've got agents who do nothing but get on the phone. Uh, give these agents a list to call because they're going to kill it. So the chocolate and peanut butter conversation, the chocolate is you, what you bring to the table, the peanut butter is the data. And when you bring it together is you know the Reese's peanut butter cup. So it's okay to be uniquely you. I always laugh in real estate investing. My brother is a complete introvert and I'm an extrovert. If I were to talk to him about door knocking opportunities, he'd probably die inside. But his wheelhouse is construction. He's so good at it and operations and systems. So if, if I start talking about lot split opportunities and things like that, he's like, all right. Same goes with agents. All of us have like a specialty niche, especially if you're just getting started too, not just for our senior agents that are feeling maybe left out, but for the new people who are like, oh God, I'm going to focus on a hundred mile radius. I'll take anything. <laughs> well, okay. They are. They are. <laughs> They're like, I'm going to call Fizbo's and I'm going to door knock and I'm going to go to assisted living and I'm going to be a listing <laughs> exactly. agent. And I try them all for seven minutes and then I move on. <laughs> right. How about we just start with one? one? What are you really passionate about? And let's back into it and make sure that you own that category. Yeah. And as a team leader, as you're developing your different agents that you bring on board, making sure that you know, you've got the veterans special, the senior specialist, the millennial buyer. God, are you guys working with as many millennials that I do that just want to talk about rental properties and not owning? <laughs> no, but is that a deal? Is that it, what... it cracks me up. I'm constantly- They want to buy investments to rent out and they're going to continue to rent. Correct. I'm like, you guys are driving me nuts. I'm all, can I please beg you to look at multifamily? Just, hey, look at a fourplex. Right, exactly. Pay your rent. <laughs> exactly. That's so cute. We were doing a we were doing a training class. One of my agents asked about scripts. You know, we huddled together every morning and one of them asked about scripts. And I said, let's talk about scripts. And Aaron pulled up the site today and it was going on and on and on with all the things you say to people. Then it had millennials and it was like one line. Was like, <laughs> they're not going to pick up the phone. Just say, right. blah, 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 boom. Right. Just text them. It's a little <laughs> game, right? I have an game. investment opportunity. They'll call you right back. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great script for a millennial. I have an investment opportunity for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just, if we could figure out how to get them to pay it in Bitcoin. They oh. exactly right. Hey, opportunity zones. There you go. Hey, get out of Bitcoin. The, you know, get or, out of Bitcoin and get into a fourplex. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I do. I, I'm very passionate about allowing people to be themselves. I'm very into legacy building and the, the how real estate can really do that. 
I was a professional artist in my 20s. I never I thought I would end up in that. What did you do? You were I was a, I was a New York singer, dancer, actor, gymnast, you name it. Gosh. Oh my singer, oh, yeah. answer. Wait, singer, dancer, actor, gymnast. You were in Cirque du Soleil then. Um, no, I was not that good. Those people have to, uh, they're mighty well. I think they're all uh, Olympians because. Amazing. But I love to tell that story because they're like, well, how did you end up in real estate? I'm like, that's what's amazing about this career. You can bring whatever skill that you've got, bring it to the table, and we will find a home for you. And, but it's important that you're authentically you so it sticks. Yeah. Awesome. I think I made the biggest mistake trying to replicate my father's success as a, a, a massive flipper in California. And I learned that I really like being a landlord. I love being a landlord. I'm the biggest sucker. Oh, your grandmother died again. Don't don't worry about that. Again, she died again. <laughs> no, but it's just really important. And I this business has just been so good to me and my family that yeah, I love talking about it. That's awesome, Aaron. It's funny when you said that about finding your niche. I had posted something the other day on uh, Instagram. It was a picture of a. Uh, Angus Young and people keep saying that we ACDC's made eleven albums that sound exactly the same, and I keep correcting them that it's twelve albums that sound exactly the same. <laughs> and you know, my I mean, find something that works and do it. I mean, ACDC is my favorite example of that, and it has been be- way before that quote because literally they have the same. They have one song. They have one song. They play it so well, and it's such a good song. It's just such a good song, and it's twelve albums of the same song, and. It makes me so happy, but it's it's that kind of, are you willing to do the same thing over and over and over? Are you that passionate? Are you that interested? Are you that, you know, and that was a little bit of where I, a big weakness of mine, you know, like, oh, property radar. Oh, cool. Oh, wait, now next. So versus just deep diving into something and allowing yourself to find your expression. I just think it's it's great that you said that. It reminded me of that Um that post because that, it, it really is the biggest reason that I see yeah. both realtors and investors fail is they, especially investors, they show up to local real estate investor clubs and you're introduced to a new strategy every month. And you're like, okay, squirrel, right. <laughs> I'm going to do master leasing. No, I'm not. I'm going to focus on distressed. No, I'm not. I'm going to focus on building, you know, from the ground up. It's just very easy to get distracted when test set of te- taking a step back, taking inventory of like, all right, what do I bring to the table? What are my skills? And then realizing you can carry it over. We just have to find a niche for you that really, really works. For and sure. you got to be consistent. I think the biggest thing is what, if they give it like seven minutes and if it doesn't right. work, they're out. You've got to be yeah. able to go through that dip, right? The Seth Godin dip, like, okay, well, we're going to get through that part where it gets hard and you're going to persevere through that. So it's an interesting problem. Yeah, I just think God, to be a buyer's agent right now, I just would hate my life. Oh, and no. to be a listing agent, you've got to know your stuff. You are competing with Wall Street and they are deploying in the markets where they live heavy direct mail. They're doing billboards. They're doing um, TV, radio. You know, They're doing everything that the a local realtor just isn't going to be able to afford. So we have to work a lot smarter, not harder. Um, so it's about making that personal connection and it's that local voice. And these big businesses do not hire local. They do not play local. They do not do anything local. It, it's terrible to lose that local flavor. And it's, I hate that. So yeah. I'm really here for the local agent making it work. It's awesome. Tell us about I Survived Real Estate. Oh, <laughs> I'm surprised you even found that. Yeah, um, we have like, we were like, wait, what's disrupting disruptors? And I Survived Real Estate. We got all kinds of I survived real estate with my father and I started back in 2007 as a way to sort of celebrate in a year of really 
a big turmoil and it was just a really terrible year for investors and realtors alike. And we bring together on stage different thought leaders in different parts of the real estate industry to talk about trends, regulation, legislation, nerdy stuff. And we did not know that it would take on what it has. I think this is our 15th year. We've raised over a million dollars for charity and the speakers, we've never had to pay for a speaker. And they've included Zillow, the chief economist of Fannie Mae, John Burns from John Burns Real Estate Consulting. And that's actually where I met Sean O'Toole is he's been the most requested, most featured um, guest on our podcast. And he's so data-driven and such a nerd and good at our industry that, uh, yeah, always a highlight. So we produce it for those who attend live. Any tickets or sponsorships that we create actually go to charity. So we actually pay for the black tie event. So 100% of what we raise goes to charity, but but you can find it online on YouTube, on Amazon, and just enjoy the content. It's always interesting because when we go to conferences, it's typically, okay, I'm here as a realtor. I'm here as a mortgage professional. I'm here as an investor. Having all those people on stage with their different opinions is really interesting. Super juicy. Yeah. That's great because we saw it and I just sort of, you know, feel like, I don't know, I feel like that at the end of the day sometimes. (laughs) I survived real estate. Yeah. All right. I feel like that at eleven fifteen on some mornings. I know. Exactly. <laughs> it's only Tuesday too. Oh no! Exactly right. That exactly. Was it's all it's already Tuesday. All right. Very good, Aaron. So the I think the last thing you know we just always love to touch in with people about because it always gives me so much value is what are you reading now or what's your favorite book that we can learn something from. Oh, I just, oh gosh, T360 puts out their annual report. I just finished um, thumbing through that on major trends and data. What's T360? I know. T- I'm like, I, I think this might be over our brain. This level. is definitely a nerd thing. Go ahead. <laughs> no, T360 is, a, it's a, it's a really, um, let me make sure I'm sending everybody to the right. Yeah. T3 and then spell out 60, um, the actual word, but the site is T360. 360.com. And they have these reports that they put together and analysis on the industry every year. Um, they have the real estate trends report. It's 200 bucks. It's not cheap, but it's really valuable because depending on the year, they cover different things, whether it be iBuyers or different models of real estate. This year, they dive into um, the media, which um, who's controlling sort of the real estate media and reporting, um, which is interesting. I also happen to be a, a member of the National Association of Real Estate Editors as once upon a time I wrote for Think Realty Magazine, Forbes, and um, Bigger Pockets. So I love that kind of stuff. But their trends report is awesome. And their real estate almanac looks at things like comparing the the volume of sales of all the different brands, major executives uh, within the brands. It They take a deep dive. It's like a yearbook of real estate every year. It's super cool. Wow. Well, look at that. There you I, go. We didn't, we've I, never heard of that I've one. Never heard of that. That's excellent. For, so for, for all my nerdy needs, I, I, 360, <laughs> it's awesome. I'm also trying to get through the Ray Dalio book, um, the one oh. that he just uh, put out on monetary policy and sort of the history of money and oh. yeah, world domination. I, I read <laughs> I, principles. I haven't read the new one though. Yeah. That's going to probably be a little bit depressing. So I'm like, mm. right. Just do it with a cocktail in your hand. Exactly. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Very good. All right. Well, Aaron, we really do appreciate your time and you're coming on and you're dropping that value for us. And and if people want to find out more about Property Radar, it's just propertyradar.com. Yeah. Propertyradar.com. There's a free three-day trial and you can always email me if you get stuck, Aaron at propertyradar.com. And uh, I can shoot you some ideas. And one of my favorite features is being able to share lists. So you can list stack and create a link. 
and send it to somebody that's logged into the app and it will open up with all the, you know, everything already layered in there. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so oh. cool. And Aaron, your podcast, you want to take a moment and promote your podcast? Honestly, that is on hold a little bit. Oh, the okay. last one we did was in July with Spencer Raskoff, the former CEO of Zillow, but I have been on a stage four cancer journey. So we have just sort oh. of put that on hold for a bit while I'm figuring all that out. Got You're it. lucky you caught me on a good hair day because it's coming back. Oh, well, we're glad. We're, we're, well, congratulations. You. That's you, you, see, well. you seem like you're well, so that never would have known it. So congratulations on beating good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks well, for sharing. the podcast part. Well, no, oh, it's okay. No, it's okay. It's important. I think people should, yeah, it's, everyone yeah. knows with that. So. But there is some really, really great content on the podcast for Property Radar. Actually, the last one that we did in July with Spencer was a, a week before he went public with OfferPad. So we talk about, you know, he's doing venture capital now, investing on everything from space to pizza to, you know, OfferPad, so, uh, right. which is one of the only iBuyers who is always focused on remaining profitable. So wow. it's, it's a really interesting conversation, especially since he was in at Zillow and launched the iBuyer program. Right that just failed and he's still in it with offer pads. So really interesting stuff. That is interesting. Awesome. All right. Very good, Aaron. Well, good luck on your journey there and good luck with your speech. Thank You're you. Talk tomorrow. tomorrow. If there's anything we can ever do for you, come look us up, man. We love you. We'll do. If I'm moving yeah. up in your area, I know where to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks. Lovely being with you. Thanks guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Abundant Life Podcast. Brought to you by Christine and & Company and EXP Realty, the global online brokerage powered by top agents and cutting-edge technology. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Your hosts have been award-winning brokers, Christine Andreessen and Aaron Hendon. For more on them, visit christineandcompany.com.